The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Welcome to our program this week. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and Percy, we're going to live up to our title today. We're going to talk about health and hope and inspiration, but we're going to underline hope today. That is correct. We're going to talk about the powerful dynamic of uh, one of what I call the spiritual dynamic duo hope and faith. Today, we're going to talk about hope, my friend. Exchanging uncertainty for hope. Do you think we misunderstand and misapply hope sometimes? Well, again, uh, in in my history of teaching, talking, and attempting to support people about being hopeful, I've heard a lot of different ideas and concepts of what people think hope is or what they think hope should be. So there's a, a, a bevy of, I think, conversation and ideas around uh, people of what they think hope is today. We're going to talk about another dynamic of that today. And when we're facing a physical trial, it could be cancer, it could be something else. I mean, we, we need some hope. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, the Word of God specifically uh, has a multitude of scriptures that talk specifically about hope and the way that hope works in us and what it does to us and for us. And so you cannot, uh, and, and we'll hear even with, within the context of the interview, that hope lives and breathes in the midst of what could be perceived as despair and uncertainty. Yeah, it transcends circumstances. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. And so with that being said, it's the, re- it's the reason why it's, it's probably the number one or number two most powerful spiritual principle that anyone can, can wrap their arms and their heart and their head around. So maybe you need a dose of hope here today. If you stay tuned, I think you're going to get it. Absolutely. On the program Health, Hope, and Inspiration. All right, let's go to a scripture before we uh, – Listen to our guest here today. Our spiritual nugget for today is a juicy one. It is Hebrews, (laughs) the sixth chapter, verses 18 and 19. And it says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he who has fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We're going to talk more. I love that picture. It's a powerful, powerful scripture. Wonderful. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. We'll talk with a chaplain coming up on the program today, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, we're found online. Check out the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Coming up, our guests will join us. Stay tuned. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, 
Our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. As we talk and visit here today, remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. I'm Wayne Shepard with Percy McRae. You're listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And uh, Percy, you have a guest with you now. With me today is Reverend Wendell Scantleberry, Director of Pastoral Care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Eastern Regional Medical Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome back to the show, Reverend. How are you, my friend? Wonderful. Thank you again for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Your role as a chaplain specifically and as the director of chaplaincy is within a healthcare setting. And I want to talk about chaplaincy, ministry, healthcare, and cancer today. Uh, with that being said, you are the director of pastoral care in a cancer institution. Uh, tell me what has your experience been? What have you learned or what have you come to understand about ministry and cancer and why is it important? There's so much that I've learned over these years that I've been um, in this role. And so I'll share with you some of those things. Ministry is important because of the nature, uh, our human nature and our need for what I would call transcendence, uh, really the ability to to meet and to uh, face the challenges that come with life. And you mentioned that I'm in the field of cancer, and that is a profound challenge for everyone who faces that diagnosis, but not just the individual who faces the diagnosis, the entire family as well. And so when it comes to ministering to people who are facing cancer in this healthcare setting, there is the intersection of the individual, the family, their medical condition, how that impacts them emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, all these things come into the mix. And so, like I said, it's it's something that relates to the patient. It certainly relates to their primary caregiver or caregivers, and it spills over to the rest of the, the family network or the network of souls that surround this individual that is dealing with cancer. It's, it's interesting that you would highlight that point. I have often said on this show and, and when I have the opportunity to speak about the impact of cancer, cancer is a community disease. It's a church disease. It's mm-hmm. a family disease. And many people don't think about it in that context. But cancer doesn't just impact the individual who has cancer. Any and all that are connected to that individual on some level are impacted by cancer. Talk, if you will, about some of the specific things that you and your team attempt to do responsibly and respectfully uh, in providing spiritual support to cancer patients and their caregivers. How do you engage cancer patients under what set of circumstances and what do you do within the four walls of a healthcare institution? We as chaplains, we actually meet our, our, our patients from the time they do become patients. Okay, from the very beginning. Of, from the beginning of their journey. Which is an interesting distinction because historically, chaplains have been viewed as end-of-life caregivers mm-hmm. when things went south. You're saying that you're in the front end of that relationship. I have a really interesting story to I'd share I'd love with to hear you. it, please. So this, this actually happened years ago. And in, in this particular case, 
the patient that I'm referencing uh, was what we would call a direct admit. So rather than going through what is uh, an evaluation process and so on, something was going on medically that required her to be admitted to the hospital right away. And so I, as a chaplain, went into the patient's room uh, with the intention of introducing myself and just orienting her to what we as chaplains do, the fact that we're here for her to reassure her and so on. Well, the patient's daughter, who happened to be outside of the room, but was aware that I was a chaplain, Mm -hmm. when she saw me enter the room, she ran into the room frantically just trying to find out what is going on. I Ah. mean, she was flushed. She was really panicking because of the fact that I was a chaplain. And just as you said, she thought something had to be wrong. Sure. Could you imagine the relief on her face and, and just how relaxed she became when my response was, I just came to introduce myself. Sure. And to let you know that we're here to support you. And so here is something that really distinguishes the difference, I think, um, how, we, how we do chaplaincy today versus maybe how it's been conceived in the past. Sure. It's really a holistic approach to care, where your spiritual needs are taken into, in, into consideration and addressed at the beginning of your journey of care. Mm, interesting. Question that I would ask I believe I know the answer, but I want to hear from you and I want the audience to hear from you. Why is that important at the beginning of a process of any healthcare uh, execution, but specifically with regard to cancer? Because you're exactly right. What a different paradigm that is of being involved at the beginning versus at the tail end and the perception of that I'm only going to see the, the man of God or have a faith conversation when things have negatively impacted and changed to such a degree that, that that's the only conversation that we should be holding at this point. Let's talk about that. So I think faith is a word that is almost automatically tagged with chaplains or pastors or ministers okay. on any level. Hope, though, is not something you would always hear um, immediately making that connection. Interesting. When someone is dealing with cancer or any challenge in life, hope becomes a very significant um, goal for them to have a sense of hope, to embrace that hope, and to walk in that hope. Okay. And so from the diagnosis of cancer, which is the specific realm that we're talking about, when someone is diagnosed with cancer, they need, they want, uh, it's important for them to have a sense of hope. Yes. They're reaching for that hope. Yes. They reach for it from their physicians. They reach for it from every one of their care providers. And so when we think of, I spoke in our previous conversation about just the nature of, of, of human beings as being human. Correct. It's intrinsic to our makeup. So from the beginning of the process to be able to connect with someone who is able to talk with you about hope and what hope is and what it feels like and what it looks like and what it means in the context of this diagnosis is critically important. Quite often, um, a physician or any other uh, specialist is focused on what their specialty brings to the patient. This is our specialty. Hope is our specialty. Okay, so Reverend, I want to, and I want to make sure that we really highlight this because you have hit a nugget. You've hit a vein that I want to make sure we don't just gloss over. From a chaplaincy perspective, within a healthcare environment, hope 
primarily is the specialty that is being focused upon and driven and reinforced at the bedside of patients. Is that what you're saying? At the bedside of the patient while they're treating us outpatients, if they're coming for a test or a checkup or a screening at every point in the journey. It's important, and it's at every point in the journey that they need to know that there is someone that they can connect with that can really help them to flesh that out and to reconnect with that if that's something that's necessary or to reinforce that mm. as they continue on their journey. Now, let's, let's, let's play with the word hope, I've, I've, and I know you're a very well-read and, and highly educated individual who I respect and love. I've heard a lot of different interesting definitions of hope. I'd love to hear your definition. What is hope to you? What, how do you define hope? And in the context of what you've just explained, how does that work with the work that you do? There are a lot of things I think that go, goes into the concept of hope. I actually use an acronym, an acronym with hope that uh, goes like this uh, H-O-P-E, holding on to a powerful expectation. Wow. We all have expectations. Yes. Uh, for a cancer patient, I think the ultimate expectation is that I'll beat this physically. Yes. Uh, and I think going through, again, whether it's a cancer journey or any journey in life, there is always the possibility, the probability that things don't always go as I expect. Okay. Which is where fear comes in. Okay. And, and so... When we think of hope, it's about in the context or in the midst of balancing that expectation with the reality of my experience to really develop a sense of resilience and the term I used before, again, meaning. What does this mean? Because the experience that many people have, which is what devastates so many um, individuals who are facing these challenges, is the sense that it diminishes my person. It diminishes who I am. It diminishes all that I've fought for, all that I think I have accomplished. And that is often the struggle to reinforce the fact that nothing that you face, nothing that you are experiencing, nothing that is coming against you has the capacity to diminish who you are, to diminish what you mean to yourself, to others, to God to diminish the power that lives in you, that drives you, that sustains you, Mm. and the importance of, again, holding on to that so that whatever comes your way or whatever you do experience, that is not lost. Because once uh, my value is not lost, Mm. then I can stay focused. Then I can still have joy. Then I can still have peace. Okay. Then I can still press forward. Because it's interesting, the the caveat, the qualifier, and I want to make sure I highlight it is no matter what the outcome, because, again, in some cases and certainly in some theological circles, uh, when you use the word hope and faith, which are are bedrock, fundamental, uh, theological uh, tenets of faith, as you well know, uh, there are those who may suggest or tend to believe that if I implement and execute those appropriately, that I am going to generate a certain outcome based upon my ability to reinforce that and have that reinforced. But that's not what you're saying. What I'm hearing you say is that the power of hope that then connects with one's faith 
allows you to stay focused and maintain an intrinsic power no matter what the outcome is that doesn't change your joy, your perception of your situation, or even your relationship with God or others. That is a very powerful thing. So the scripture that comes to mind is that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, what that scripture is is not saying that it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to necessarily beat this or overcome it it means that it won't destroy me it won't destroy who i am and the essence of my being is that accurate reverend yes sir i you know what 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 i find interesting is that when you think of when you think of hope when you think of faith they cannot really exist or flourish against a backdrop of certainty if you have certainty you don't need faith and you certainly don't need hope but in the context of cancer, the one thread that runs through it is uncertainty. Okay. And that is why it is so important, but also so powerful. You mentioned uh, the, the scripture that you did, and I'll, I'll share with you something that, that also, for me, informs this power of hope and power of faith alongside it. Uh, I believe it comes from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, where, where Paul says, we are troubled on every side. Correct. But not distressed, perplexed, confused, but not in despair. Yes. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. There is always a but. There is always what I would call a semicolon because Mm. the challenge, the uncertainty tends to put a period on our expectations. And I think faith, our relationship with God, the depth of our hope adds a comma to that period and makes it a semicolon. The story is not ended. This is not the end of it. There is something more to this. A divine conjunction, if you will. (laughs) Absolutely. A divine conjunction. That's what hope is because we're surrounded uh, and we're challenged by the uncertainty. But scripture, and I think this bigger truth of our faith, says that's not the whole picture. It can't be the whole picture. And so who I am and how I fear through this is hinged on that hope, is hinged on that hope that feeds my peace, that feeds my resilience, that feeds my ability to, again, transcend these limitations that are being uh, imposed on me by the condition and the way that I might interpret or perceive it. Thank you today for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and just your passion to what you do. We are blessed to have you, and the people that have been in your presence have been blessed. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care. What a great conversation, Reverend Percy McRae with Reverend Wendell Scanterbury here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I wrote that down, a definition of hope holding on to a powerful expectation. We'll be back to talk more about it with Percy coming up on today's program. We're online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. 
Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. I hope you are hearing a message of hope here as we discuss this on the program today, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, we're going to talk more about hope, but hearing uh, Wendell's story, being a chaplain, I'm sure that prompts a few stories of your own. You've had that experience. I have. Reverend Scantenberry triggered a thought very similar to the story that he told. Uh, similarly, I was uh, ministering and supporting a patient uh, at their bedside, and uh, I can remember and recall a family member when I came in or when they came in as I was speaking to their loved one, referred to me as the Grim Reaper. Oh, and, oh. and that was in the very early beginnings of my career as a chaplain. And it really, I was, I was emotionally devastated, not personally, but that the fact that what I was attempting to do and what I was empowered to do as Reverend Scantenberry talked and discussed at the very beginning of all of our patients, we're allowed to begin to engage them before they even start a treatment plan mm-hmm. that the perception of the man of God or minister is referencing the fact that someone is dying and that something bad has happened to them. And so I was called the Grim Reaper, and I vowed to change the perception yes. of what hospital health care ministry has become and is today. Yeah, you are a messenger of hope. Absolutely. And right off the bat, uh, we're there to begin to start that process and begin to engage people around the process, again, of holding on to a powerful expectation. Mm -hmm. And as we've talked here in the studio, uh, hope is more than optimism. It's just not uh, wishing something to be true. It's a certainty. Reverend Scantlebury made the point that hope really only works in the face of and and is effective in the face of those things that appear to be uh, difficult and challenging not that it necessarily will guarantee the, a certain type of outcome, but how we perceive the situation, how we see ourselves in that situation, and the value of who we are in the presence of God that does not change or shift because circumstances are difficult or may not turn out in the most optimal way that we desired. And that's a very important school of thought. I'm sure you've seen this many more times than I have, but I'm thinking of a friend right now who, while going through a very severe case of cancer, was just the most hopeful, positive person I've ever met. And that that just infuses hope in all of us. Well, what it, it does two things. Number one, it first of all, it sends a very different message to the to people who are watching you and experiencing. Because again, specifically to cancer patients, as I've said many times before, cancer is a community disease. Whether people are directly or indirectly engaged with that person, they are watching, they are looking, they're actually monitoring the reaction, the response. And when people see people under those type of circumstances maintain that type of spirit of joy and that continuum of I love God, God loves me, I'm not down in the mully grubs. It just sends a very different uh, signal into the airwaves around them. And I think that that goes along with one of the things that we're called to be as believers, and that is to be witnesses. We use that term very loosely, and a lot of people do some bizarre things under the guise of witnessing. But a witness is someone who's a spokesperson on behalf of a product that they are living by and that they're benefiting from 
overcome no matter what the conditions and circumstances are. When you see someone being uh, energetic or joyful under those circumstances, that's sending a very powerful message to those that are watching them. And, of course, that also then turns around and empowers that individual. The difference between walking in the spirit of joy and appreciation and, and, and the peace of God is very different than struggling through a, a process of sickness and disease and being depressed and sad and, and, and hiding underneath the sheets and drawing the blinds mm-hmm. and the shades. Two completely different experiences. Yeah, we only have a few seconds left, but I love that image in Hebrews of hope as an anchor for our soul. Again, Hebrews, our spiritual nugget as we close the sixth chapter, take this, run with it, verses 18 and 19. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. The hope of God encourages us and greatly. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. An anchor is to help keep you locked in place and not tossed to and fro by the circumstances of your day so that you can stand still and know that I am God. Amen. Percy McRae, our host here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, we're online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Check it out for more information. And thanks for listening this week. We'll see you next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits.